Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. We are back from a much-needed week off uh, to bring you everything that you don't want to hear about. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about why Slade is, is so upset today. Uh, NASCAR had their championship race over the weekend. Joey Logano is your winner uh, after the dumbest point system ever. Again, gets exploited. Uh, Joey Logano gets a big win. Walks away with the winner-take-all Game 7, whatever you want to call it, race at Phoenix. Uh, ends up the champion. Uh, Elliot kind of wrecked himself there at the start of the third stage. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that first. Uh, Slay, let's get your thoughts on it before we show the video. Yeah, so I think it's obviously a championship race. So everyone is looking to make moves the entire race. It's not like a mid-season race where um, they're waiting to the last, like, you know, 40 laps to make that push for position. Um, but I also think that you have to realize who you're racing around and stuff like that and, and just the situation in itself. I think at the time there was 140 laps left or so or 120 laps, something like that, at the start of the third stage. Um, I think that it's a matter of seconds. And Chastain, as soon as they pass the uh, start-finish line, they're allowed to duck below uh, the person in front of them. He did that, and as soon as, if you're watching from in his car view, as soon as he turns left, Chase follows him like the second after, and obviously Chase went across the front of his car, hit the wall. Um, they showed the inside of Chase's car right away when that happened, and the steering wheel was like bent over this way. So you just knew that he was he was gonna be finishing in the back for the day. What were your guys' thoughts on the race? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I thought you were a lot calmer than uh, I thought you were gonna be about it. Had a couple uh, days like, to calm down. I was, it seems like you matured a little bit. Um, now, like you said, first of all, you should not be allowed to crush across the dog leg. I, I said this after the spring race. That's the stupidest flipping rule in all of NASCAR. Uh, this reconfigured uh, track for Phoenix, I think, is just horrid. I hate it. Uh, they absolutely, first of all, the front stretch needs to go back to the front stretch, not be the back stretch anymore. Uh, you should not have to start finish laying on the dog leg like it is now. Second of all, they need to put grass back in that section. Even if they don't move the start finish line, you need to put grass there. Drivers should not be allowed to cut across. Uh, I, I just think it's so stupid. Um, but I mean, in that situation, up until then, there I don't think there had been any cautions in that race. And so I, I kind of understand why Chastain did what he did. Like, listen, if this is going to go green the rest of the way, there's not been a lot of passing on the two restarts we have had uh, and any other ones that might have been thrown in there. Um, so I know I need to make up all these spots that I can right here, right now. Before the field gets strung out, there's not a lot of passing. Let me, let me see what I can do here. I also understand Chase trying to cut that move off. Um, and I, unfortunately, it's just a product of having a stupid championship at a stupid track. Uh, and, and I said it before, uh, I believe it was out to the Robo race. When you have a stupid format like this, stupid crap's going to happen. And, and it's going to ruin a lot of people's days and, and championship hopes. Uh, I would have loved to have seen all four drivers have a really good day. And, you know, battle out strategy-wise and all this other stuff. That was the most boring championship race I think I've, I've watched in years. Uh, that was horrible. Uh, Chastain kind of made it interesting there towards the end. He started to catch Logano a little bit. Uh, but after about 10 laps, you just couldn't make up any more ground on the car in front of you. 
Uh, I really, I stand by it. I think Logano should have let Blaney buy him just to get his win for the season. But um, yeah, the, I think, I think that, Logano. Uh, I think Logano should be thankful for Blaney because Blaney had the faster car the entire weekend, and then he just kind of rode behind Logano the rest of the race, almost yeah, as if he was the buffer yeah. to help slow Chastain down just in case Chastain got up there. You know? No, and he definitely was. I mean, they. That, that's that's exactly what that was. Uh, but, I mean, again, if, if you're going to have this super format that you need to, you know, the, the first place car, the, whoever finishes ahead of all the other championship four drivers wins a championship. That's just stupid. Um, and so when you have dumb rules like that, you're just going to get dumb results. Like somebody playing defense or, you know, you're going to chicane on the back stretch of the road while your teammate's going to slam on his brakes in front of other cars so he can pass some. Um, I, I, I just hate the playoff format. And I hate Phoenix most of all. But. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on the race? Yeah, um, I I got to watch the tail end of it, probably the last twenty uh, some laps or so. Um, you know, uh, Chastain. I I think if if Chastain had a little more time, um, you know, it could have made the end of that race interesting, uh, which would have, from what I hear, would have been the only interesting part of the race. Um, as far as Elliott, you know, yeah, the other top three or the other um three out of the top four or championship four drivers were in the top ten. Um, at the end of the race, it would have been nice to see Elliott up there. I'm sure he would have uh, preferred to have been up there battling for that. Um, so, you know, that's a, kind of a surprising move, you know, coming from a veteran like him, you know, that, that especially in the position he was in to possibly make something, you know, out of the season and and uh, bring the championship home. Um, but, you know, like you said, you've got dumb stuff. People are going to do dumb things. You know, they're, it's that little extra level of sort of chaos that you create when you have you know, this crappy system that's in place, like you said, these drivers are going to think, well, I have to do this now, you know, and might not necessarily think things through or, you know, everybody's on edge, a spotter might miss something, something like that. So um, hopefully that's something, you know, NASCAR wants to keep building and and get back to, you know, what they used to be. They got the new uh, package in the cars. I think they got to start or got to continue to listen to the fans, listen to the drivers, um, you know, and do something about the, the way that their playoffs and championships set up so that hopefully, you know, we can cut down on those stupid moments that have happened throughout races, whether it be mid-season or in the championship race. Yeah. yeah um, something else that I wanted to... Oh. No, go ahead. Go. Oh, I just uh, wanted to uh, add that, like, the, the part that makes the situation with Chastain also a little difficult is that it, it's, it's not even just that it was Chase Elliott. It's just that all season, um, something that the reason he was in this position is not only because of the move that he was able to spectacularly pull off last week at, or two weeks ago now at Martinsville against the wall was that he put himself in very challenging situations throughout the season where he was bumping people off the racetrack, knocking people out of the, like 30 laps into a race, wrecking people to where they now don't get to finish the race, you know, and, and this had happened four or five times. I mean, once was to Logano, who won the championship twice to Denny Hamlin. Uh, multiple people had this happen to them throughout the season. And so I guess he's just a very aggressive driver. His team sets his cars up for that. And like like you guys were saying, um, I think with that last caution, there was like 30 laps to go um, after they went green. And they set his car up so that he can maximize his positions on the restart. They put it every track, and they said that because he's the best at being able to maximize his positions from those restarts. So um, I think that it was definitely going to be hard with 30 laps for him to catch Logano, especially with Blaney being in between the two, just because 
his car set up to run that first 10 laps like a fireball and then after that it starts fading off yeah yeah um, george who who would have won if the playoff system wasn't in place uh so a bunch of people tweet if they kept the old winston cup standings elliot uh won it if he, all he had to do was just start the race on sunday and he would have clinched it with the old winston cup standings um i was wondering just because he had a lot of bad races here in the past 10 weeks so yeah i didn't know uh, if he was still his, up there his or not. summer yeah his summer stretch was just dominant enough uh i guess to do it um yeah i i, I just really hate the playoff system uh, i mean there, there's no reason a guy that was eighth place in points in the season had zero chance at a championship in the fall i mean we we're talking about a guy that was fourth in points almost got knocked out ended up getting knocked down the round of eight uh but again i was i was praying if he would have won the race it would have been the funniest thing to me because one, I wish he would have got into the championship four, not won a race all year, and then wins the championship race. Uh, I think that would have been a better story than Logano winning. And no, no offense to Joey Logano. Um, I mean, a lot of people are upset about it and all this other stuff. And I understand he is not the most popular driver. He's obviously not my favorite driver, um, but he had a consistent year. I mean, he wasn't at, he wasn't like a Chase Briscoe. We kind of lucked his way even into the round of eight. Um, it, it, you know, he had a very consistent year, won a couple races. And, you know, got himself into that position and just brought a really good car. Uh, I think the Penske cars as a whole were pretty good all weekend. Uh, Cindric kind of fell off this weekend, but that's been the story of the season. He won one big race and uh, hasn't really been back since. But uh, I just, a, a lot of things perturb me about the playoff system. Uh, that's a big, big word for me. Um, we're going to move on to hockey now. I, I, I had a video ready and everything for Slade because I thought he was going to come over here and super upset. Uh, but it's fine. We'll move on. Uh, so we're going to update you guys on the NHL standings. Uh, it has been rough for my team to get started here. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this, though. So, yes, in the Metropolitan, the Penguins are next to last. Uh, they're, I believe it's up to a six-game streak. Uh, we're playing Washington currently. Uh, when this comes out on Thursday morning, uh, we're going to know if they won or lost and made that seven games in a row that they lost. Um, Devils are somehow leading the way in the division. Uh, the Hurricanes are in second, Flyers in third, Islanders in fourth, uh, Rangers in fifth, Caps in sixth, and the Columbus Blue Jackets are currently the worst team in the NHL. Uh, a little surprising, uh, but again, it's probably far off from the Blues. <laughs> uh, but that's what I keep trying to tell myself, though. It, it, it's still early in the season. Uh, I'm not trying to panic too much. I mean, there's been times before, but the Penguins have lost six games before, and we're still fine. So I'm just trying to take a deep breath. Uh, in the Atlantic like Division, games off to go, buddy. Yeah, uh, in the Atlantic Division, Boston leads the way. They have been really strong so far this year. Marshawn came back from injury early, uh, and he has looked really great so far for them. Uh, that that team as a whole is clicking. I think they, I mean, again, it's early, but they are they are strong. They're cohesive. If they can stay healthy, they can definitely be the best team in the East. Um, Detroit is actually in second place right now. The uh, Lightning are in third. The Maple Leafs in fourth. Uh, Panthers and Sabres are battling out for fifth and sixth. Canadians and then Ottawa at the bottom of the Atlantic Division. We go to the Central. Uh, Slay, this is your division. I'll, I'll let you update us on the standings here. Yeah, so basically the Stars are phenomenal to start the season. Um, kind of picking up on last season. What was What's their uh, goalie's name? I liked him last season. Yeah, it's impossible to score on him in the playoffs, it seemed. Up into the last game, obviously, but uh, for their team, um, 
But, I, I mean, the Avalanche are doing really good with 13 wins. You've got the Blackhawks in the wild that are at 12 and 11 wins. Um, and then you also have Nashville and the Coyotes that are kind of like mid to lower pack. And then somewhere back there, a little deeper down. Uh, they have two wins more than, I think, two weeks ago when we talked about them at four wins, and that's my St. Louis Blues. <laughs> I'm proud of you for getting all those teams right, though. I'm extremely proud. I, st- I don't know what the team is with the 15 wins. Sorry. It's the Jets. What? Oh, I think. The Jets. Yeah, Winnipeg. yeah, that's <laughs> Okay, okay. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm sitting there like. I didn't see. I, I was looking over in the Atlantic Division. I was like, I already talked about them. Like, you don't need to. I was like, <laughs> Uh, Nick, go ahead. You got the Western Conference, buddy. Or- yeah, so uh, up top so far this season, making me eat my words, is Vegas at 22 wins. Um, they have looked very good um, as far as the season start goes. In second place, uh, to my enjoyment, is the Seattle Kraken with 16 wins. Uh, we look real good so far this year. Uh, stumbled a little bit early, but it seems that every time Dave Haxtell says, hey, we need to fix this, we come out the next game and we fix it. Um, so that's good to see early in the year. Uh, right behind us is the Los Angeles Kings at 15 wins uh, and the Edmonton Oilers right behind them at 14. Calgary looks like they're slightly above L.A., but I think they're supposed to be slightly below because they only have 12 wins. Um, and then rounding out the bottom of the division, we have the Canucks at nine wins along with uh, Anaheim also at nine and then the San Jose Sharks. Oh, they're also at nine two. I apologize for being blind, but yeah, they're fighting there for the bottom of that division. Very good, guys. All right, uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna skip the NFL uh, mainly just because I, I don't care about the NFL. <laughs> no, uh, but we have, we have a lot to talk about with college football this past week. Uh, a lot of upsets happened. Uh, a big shakeup in the standings. We're gonna get to the standings here in a little bit. First thing up is we have said it time and time again this year. Clemson just does not look that good. Uh, the playoff committee disagreed last week. They put Clemson at number four. Uh, Clemson travels to South Bend. I thought it was going to be a close game that Notre Dame would pull out. Notre Dame just ran all over them. Uh, ran the ball. I believe they blocked a punt on Clemson's first possession, took it in for a touchdown. They also had a pick six. Uh, DJ looked terrible. Even Kate Klubnick went in the game, and he struggled too. Uh, Clemson sucks. Like I don't. There's no other way to say it after that game, but uh, – Nick, I'm going to get your thoughts on that game first. Yeah, so uh, this was a game, you know, we talked about it before our Saturday show. I was calling the Clemson upset on this. Um, I felt like Notre Dame had been playing at a very uh, high level, a level that we thought they would be playing at early in the season, um, you know, before their two uh, tough losses at the beginning of the year. And um, Clemson, like you said, we talked about it multiple times. They just hadn't looked like they were, you know, top five material. They weren't the Clemson team that everybody wanted them to be. Um, Notre Dame came out and proved that to everybody. Uh, so good win for Notre Dame. You know, glad to see that their season is back on track. Obviously, you know, they'd like to have those first two games come out a little differently. Maybe they'd be in a position for the playoffs. Um, but nonetheless, you know, here they are, Clemson. I'm I'm just glad, honestly, that Clemson finally got what was coming to him. We'd been talking about it all season, and it was nice to finally see it come to fruition. Uh, Slade, your thoughts? Yeah, so I think that for like four or five weeks, I've been saying that whoever was playing Clemson, whether it was Syracuse or whoever was playing them, that they were going to beat Clemson. Clemson's going down. They shouldn't be at the fifth-ranked team. They shouldn't have been at the sixth-ranked team whenever they were at those. And then college football rankings come out, and they're fourth. 
and I picked them to win against Notre Dame. Um, and so then they finally lose. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't just beat them. They send them packing and let them know that there's no need to worry about the rest of the season because they've got zero chance of going to the playoffs now. Yeah, and for me, looking forward on Notre Dame's schedule, uh, they do have a diff- difficult QB coming up. I know they play Navy this week, who is always tough to play against. It's always difficult to play against the military academies, but it, it's an extra special rivalry with them and Navy. Uh, I'll never forget, that was the first ever college football game I went to, Notre Dame and Navy in South Bend. Uh, Navy pulled off the upset for the first time in 43 years, and my father told me I was never allowed to go to another Notre Dame game. Um, <laughs> and so it, it, it's definitely a difficult road ahead, but in two two weeks now, uh, three weeks, I don't know. In a few weeks, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, they're going to play USC on the road. This is, a, again, in my eyes, a USC team that everybody has been hyping up. Uh, we already saw them lose once to Utah, but they have been struggling here lately, and I am, I am worried about that team. Uh, and, you know, this could be a point in the season where if USC is able to run the table up to that point, um, you know, they're, they're going to be staring at a potential college football playoff berth that they can get past, you know, whoever comes out of the other side uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. If they lose that game to Notre Dame, you know, that, that's another playoff team that Notre Dame has knocked out. Uh, and the last thing I want to say is, I mean, we were very harsh on Notre Dame to start the season. Uh, you know, they lost to Marshall. They lost to Ohio State. They almost lost to Cal. Uh, then they had a tough loss to Stanford just a few weeks ago. Um, it, this is a team that nobody thought would ever see their rankings again this season alone. And, you know, here they are. They're back ranked in the top 25. I don't quite agree with that. But, I mean, here they are nonetheless. Moving on, uh, we, we the huge story that we've followed all season uh, is the resurgence of Kansas. At one point, you know, they were, they were ranked highly uh, in, inside the top 25. Everybody had a lot of faith, and they kind of stumbled for a few weeks there. They lost to Oklahoma, Baylor, uh, and TCU. Those are three, you know, usually juggernaut teams in the, the Big 12. They've gotten back on track here. They officially have six wins. They're going bowling for the first time since 2008. Uh, Slade, I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I honestly didn't know if this was going to happen because they started with with a lot of firepower and then they just cliff and um I I did not know if this was going to happen and and it was kind of funny to see I think it was 2 weeks ago we got to mess with Nick about his Kansas State Kansas mix up and stuff like that and still called it right though. I was still right. And yeah, he, he he got right. He got the right call, but uh yeah, I, I definitely thought that something similar to that was going to happen, and they were going to be like, bowl eligible Kansas. Oh, I meant Kansas State. Kansas <laughs> State. Yeah, it's it's great to see that, Um, you know, obviously, like George said, we hyped up Cam- Kansas a lot. Uh, they lost a couple tough games. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I can't root for Kansas in basketball, so when, when, I like, when I see an underdog, I can't talk apparently either. When I see an underdog like Kansas football team, and they come out and they start looking good. I mean, we were on the bandwagon by like week three, um, and I'm pretty sure it took to like week seven their first loss for or right before their first loss for people actually for people to give them respect. Um, yeah, it would have been the game against TCU at home. Uh, everybody started giving them respect, and then they ended up losing, so everybody kind of forgot about them. But this is a huge deal. Um, this is a Kansas team that was the laughing stock of you know Division One football, and that's saying something considering they were in one of the Power Five conferences. So obviously there's teams that should be less talented than them. Um, so it's nice to see them, you know, get bowl eligible, 
they're going to play in some sort of bowl game. And I'm sure to them, it probably doesn't care whether it's the Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, or the Duke's Mayo Classic Bowl, whatever the hell goes on down there in North Carolina. Um, so it, it's, you know, it, I'm just glad to see that they could they could do it. Um, a lot of people, after they lost those couple games, kind of thought, oh, here's Kansas again. They're going to end up missing bowl games. I was still on the bandwagon. I had faith in them the whole time. Um, so just good to see. Yeah, and another no, I, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, another funny thing is that uh, Kansas kind of got back on the right track last week against Oklahoma State. And it was funny because, like Nick had said, he had picked Clemson to get upset last week. I picked Okie State to get upset. And neither of them just got upset. They <laughs> they, they got rented. Wolf. Yeah, no, uh, but I, I am very happy for this Kansas team. I mean, Lance Leopold has done, gone there and done a great job. He's done a great job of, you know, not falling apart. Like we said, they had a rough three weeks here. And then all of a sudden you have a ranked Oklahoma State team, which, I mean, we're going to talk about that here now too. Uh, coming to town, you know, just got throttled last week against Kansas State. And now all of a sudden, you know, here they are playing Kansas team that's kind of down on their luck here lately. And Kansas came out, uh, Leopold said that's the best defensive game they play all season. I I 100% agree. Um, just thoroughly impressive at how well they played. And it doesn't get easier from here. They, they have a lot of difficult games coming up. Uh, people still have them. Yeah, they're bowl eligible, but they're just going to go like the heart of Dallas ball or something like that. I, I think this is a dangerous team that could absolutely upset a few more people. Maybe you look at it, something like the Alamo Bowl, uh, you know, a, a little bit more prestigious bowl than a lot of people are giving them credit for right now. So I'm excited to see how they can finish out the season. They play Texas next week. Um, I mean, no disrespect to Texas. Obviously, they took their bye week seriously. They came out. They, they had a huge road win against Kansas State last week. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to learn where your camera's at. Yeah, um, I think it's because I slide it around Only sometime. team last week of our three picks not to get upset. Um, but, well, first of all, Slade, I, I call it upset alert on Kansas State, so don't give me that. Um, Change it? it? It was, oh, oh my God, I'm not going to get into it. You had him confused because you, you put Texas into the notes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Why. That's why he was. But he then was, I. Was, but then I he's, corrected it. In his in his mind, Texas is number one, so he's like, "Oh damn!" Like, yeah, yeah. Um, which apparently the betting gods think so also based on this upcoming week. So yeah, they were also favored last week. Uh, <laughs> and that, I think that's what had me messed up is I knew Texas was favored, but I was also driving. Well, I wasn't driving, but I was working. I was getting ready to drive, so I just threw Texas in the notes. He's busy. Anyway, you're getting me off track. Um, I, I mean, this is a Kansas team. This game is going to be in Kansas. I think that's going to be a packed stadium. Uh, and I think Kansas is going to be more of a fight than they were last year when Texas sucked. Uh, and, and so I'm excited to see that game next week as well. Uh, but real quick before we move on, I just want to talk about Oklahoma State. Like, this is a team, I, I think they were number six, seven in the country. Um, seven. And they have fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, they got absolutely throttled against Kansas State. Um, they lost to TCU in, in a tough game that they should have won. And I, I, I don't understand what has happened there. The, the wheels have completely fallen off. Now they get blown out by Kansas on the road. Um, this, this was a team that still had, you know, kind of college football playoff hopes. And now all of a sudden, they're not even going to be in the Big 12 title game at the end of the season. Uh, so, Slay, so we'll go to you first and just your thoughts on Oklahoma State's kind of the demise here. Uh, yeah, I think that they're done for the season. I think if you lose to both Kansas teams in one season, back-to-back weeks, and you can only put up, I think, think 18 points between the two games because I got blown out against Kansas State. Um, I, I think you have a rough uh, way of going about the rest of the season. I think that their players are just going to be down about it. Uh, I, what is this, four weeks in a row that they've lost? Um, 
three. So, is it three? Yeah. So it'll it'll just be interesting because their last win was against Texas Tech. This was their fourth loss. Or no, sorry, sorry, they beat Texas. Never mind. But um, we had to skip past that part. But <laughs> yeah, they they just had a, a rough time. They've they've had a rough time. I think it's gonna be hard for their players to kind of get that momentum going towards the end of the season here again, since they're they're kind of off the tracks right now. I mean, the good news for them is they play Iowa State this week. Uh, I mean, could easily upset them, but they're they're kind of down on their luck team. Actually, Iowa State is favored in this game by one point. Uh, but then they have the rivalry with Oklahoma, and then they get a sucky West Virginia team uh, coming to town. Uh, but Nick, your thoughts? On, uh, yeah. Um. Slade brought up a good point. I think if you lose to both Kansas teams in a college football season, you should automatically get one year sanctioned. Like, just send your recruits off somewhere else. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, yeah, both Kansas teams are, are good this year. Um, you know, not great, but good. And Oklahoma State, for whatever reason, down on their luck right now. Um, you know, we talk about teams and you take a loss and coaches say this, everybody says this, it's about how you bounce back from it. Um, are you going to continue to let it bring you down or are you going to rise up above it? Oklahoma State continues to let them, uh, let it bring them down. And, you know, like George said, they got Iowa State coming up. That's not a game. Yeah, Iowa State's down a little bit, but that's not a game that I would take lately. Their defense has stepped up. Um, Oklahoma State's defense is going to need to step up uh, against that Iowa State offense. The Iowa State offense isn't great either, but, you know, it, it's going to be tough for them. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks, you know, how they handle this. Um, and the great thing about, uh, well, it sounds great for us. It's bad for the team. Um, but about college football is, you know, these these stretches you go on, whether good or bad, can affect your recruiting, you know, can affect all kinds of different things. So um, for their sake, I hope that they pick it up and, you know, win out or at least give it a better effort than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, moving on, uh, Tennessee is no longer on top of the college football world. Uh, th- this is a team that, I mean, I-, I thought a lot of people were comparing the 2019 LSU, you know, type of level. And all of a sudden they traveled out of Georgia and it, it, the score wasn't that bad, but it was not close at all. I believe it was 27-13, so 14-point difference. Uh, it should have been like 45 points as, as bad as it was. Um, they could not move the ball at all against that Georgia defense. Georgia's uh, offense, I mean, that, I feel like they had a few lucky possessions, but it, it's easy to get lucky when you start every drive inside your own 50. Um, Nick, just your thoughts on, on the disappointing result from Tennessee and, and kind of where we sit now. Yeah, uh, disappointing is a great word. Um, first thing I want to say is, look, if you're going to call the opposing team starting quarterback the night before, you better damn well do it the right way. And if I had sure known they had done that, I would not have picked Anytime you yeah. do that, you're, you're not going to win. I don't yeah, any, anytime, like, uh, think about the people that they think tried to, you know, the whole that was behind the whole Michael Jordan flu game. Like, they thought the man was going to be sick and dude balled out. Um, just don't do that. Uh, you're going to not only make him mad, um, what you think is causing him lack of sleep, I'm sure he probably just turned his notifications off and just it's went to sleep. He's also a college kid. Like- and he's a college, yeah, like, it's unnecessary. Um, and all you did was make, in my opinion, you know, uh, I thought that Tennessee could have been the better team. Um, I think had they not instigated, it would have been a lot better game. Um, but that entire Georgia team came out like they wanted to absolutely beat the brakes off of uh, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tennessee looked like 
they weren't prepared for it, to put it simply. Um, they came out, especially early in that game, Hendon Hooker was missing throws. Um, the entire team, you know, it looked like when you go play that, you come from a small school and you play that first team week one, you're like double A and they're like six A, and you just feel like you don't want to be there. That's what I thought Tennessee looked like at the beginning of the game. Um, you think about the second half, obviously it was a lot better. They only allowed Georgia to score, I think, six points in the second half. Um, and managed to get three, but you know, you can't let a team like Georgia with a defense like that get ahead. It's never going to work. I'm more pissed off that they can just score one more touchdown and yeah. cover the spread. But Something. I mean, it is what it is. Slade, your thoughts on uh, old Rocky Top being rockied? I don't think they deserve to be able to cover the spread. Uh, I think they got a pity touchdown. I'm not saying just to I'm just saying the score I close, play. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think that it was. Not as bad for Tennessee as it was for Hen and Hooker. Um, I think that the drafting period went these are the games they look at. I mean, this guy has been perfect in every game but the Alabama game and now the Georgia game. He threw two interceptions this entire season. Both interceptions happened in either of those games. And like Nick said, in the first quarter, I mean, this guy looked like he was playing on the same field as CJ Stroud with wind, except he had no wind in Georgia. Um Around here, was, we say he looked like Sean Clifford. Yeah, uh, it was it, it was odd to see. Um, I, I was just very confused with his play to start the game. And so, yeah, I, I don't think that they deserve to cover this. But, I mean, obviously, for your for your bet, I wish that they would have. But in terms of their team and, and him being able to use that and be like, look, we started the game out bad, but we were to come back and keep it kind of close, you know? I don't think they deserve to be able to say that. That. That was just ridiculous. And the fact that, um, who was it? Was it Kansas or Kansas State that posted with the uh, like state troopers underneath their field goal post and said, we had no problem keeping our... Oh, no, that, was, that was LSU. Oh, it was yeah. LSU? Yeah. We had no 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 GoFundMe needed or something like that. Oh, no, no. Kansas, Kansas posted the no GoFundMe needed. Yeah. Oh, LSU yeah. posted the security guards around the goalpost. There was one, I don't remember who it was, but it might have been Kansas after they replaced the goalpost, but I had seen a video of, like, a bunch of, it wasn't security, but I guess, like, staff or whatever standing around, yeah. and they were basically like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen, like. <laughs> lost the goalpost, that sucks, but. This oh, is yeah, I think I said yeah. that you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to say, um, to add on to the Tennessee stuff, um, I lost my train of thought, just forget about it. I might think of it here in the next five seconds. But I was just going to say, they, they play Missouri this weekend. I mean, this is a Missouri team. Yeah, they struggle, but they also play Georgia really close. I mean, if, if yeah. Tennessee is going to be licking their wounds this weekend, thinking they're going to get an easy win, uh, Missouri can definitely come in and, and pop them in the mouth. And I'm not saying they're going to upset them, but they, they might be able to keep it close. And, I mean, concern will grow in Tennessee. I did I did remember what I want to say now. Um, not, just oh, sorry, Nick, for, oh. no, not just on Hendon Hooker. Not just on Hendon Hooker for the Tennessee game, um, but coaching staff as well. I know you have a certain game plan when you go into games and they like to air it out and they like to listen like that. Um, but when you go in a hostile envir- environment like Georgia against um, a now number one team like Georgia, uh, I think that you kind of got to switch that game plan up a little bit. Um, even if you think your quarterback is going to come out confident, you got to get him short throws, get him in rhythm, get his confidence up. Because first of all, you step into that stadium, um, you know, it, it's, for example, compared to Beaver Stadium on whiteout, like, that was a lot of red in that stadium, um, and they were loud at the start of the game. You got to be able to see that, know that, and say, "Hey, look, I know my quarterback's good. I have trust in him. 
but let's start out like this um, because you start throwing them deep balls and he's missing. Next thing you know, you're three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, you know, I, I think the defense did a pretty good job against Georgia, especially for how little the offense was on the field in the first half. Um, so I'd like to focus more on that offensive side. But, yeah, definitely um, from coaching staff down. As and far he's as able to check side. down to one of the guys that's running a cross route, not uh, what's his name, Hyatt, that's – 60 yeah. yards down the field, you know? Yeah, like, and if you have short routes in, don't be afraid to tell them, like, hey, look, man, like, look at the short route because three yards is better than negative three yards, all that right? That doesn't win you the Heisman. But, no. Um, That's fair. That is fair. The big thing for Georgia as to why I think they were so successful and I why it took, what, 10 weeks for somebody to figure this out, they double-covered Hyatt. Like, yeah. We, we saw this dude torch every other school. Alabama let him torch him for four quarters. He scored five touchdowns on him. And Alabama was like, oh, we're just going to keep running zone and man over here. And Georgia was like, no, we're, we're going to double cover him. Like, I, yeah. And all the rest of the receivers were like, oh, crap, we actually have to like catch the ball now? Like, damn. <laughs> um, and then the, the other thing, too, is this always bothers me. When you know you're going into an environment like Georgia or like what the whiteout or anything, why the hell are you trying to snap it on three or on two? On like the first and second yeah. drive of the game, when you know the crowd is going to be at its highest and you're, you're getting all these false start penalties. Just either clap yep. or silent count. It, it, I, I don't understand why nobody tries to, you know, figure out a way. Okay, let's let's try and take the noise out of it. Let's just get the ball snapped. You know, let's do all these fancy motions and stuff. Like, no, get your guys out there, get them settled. You know, try and take some of that noise effect out, and then okay, hey, let's start running yeah. motions and all this other stuff. I think if they have a silent count in, that first half goes completely different. Because there were times that they did get a couple plays going, and then, oh, false start. Oh, false start. Like, it was it was. Ohio State was bad with that this past weekend also. Did you guys get a chance to watch that game? I got to watch some of it. See, that's one CJ, thing, like. C.J. Stroud had yeah. three delay games in the first quarter. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's he, tough. Don't see that. See with all the rain. Uh, moving on. Uh, we talked about Oklahoma State in a free fall. Syracuse, I think, is in a worse position. This is a team that almost upset Clemson just a few weeks ago. They have now lost, I believe it's three straight. They're completely out of the rankings. Uh, they got blown out by Pitt this past weekend. A Pitt team that was you know, highly talented in the season. <laughs> and then they, they fell apart throughout the middle section of the season. Uh, they, they suck. Like, there's no other way to, to put it. Uh, Notre Dame absolutely throttled them at home last week, and then they, they go on the road to Pitt, and, they, and Pitt just ran the ball all over. Pitt might have one of the best running backs in the country outside of Blake Corum. Uh, but, Nick, just your thoughts on, on the Syracuse team, who, I mean, we, we hyped up all these basketball schools throughout the you know, the first part of the season. Syracuse kind of carried that banner even further into the season. Like we just said, they were inside the top ten. They should have beat Clemson on the road, uh, and, and since then they've just fallen off the cliff. Yeah, another one of those teams, you know, like I said, how do you respond to things? You should have beat Clemson. You know you should have beat Clemson. Um, and granted, you know, we talked about Clemson not being as high as, you know, what what the rankings like to think they were. But nonetheless, um, a, a good Clemson team, you should have beat them. Um, and it kind of starts the free fall. Uh, you haven't responded to it the way you would like to respond to it. I know it's not the easiest stretch to respond, um, but sometimes it's about the effort. It, you know, it's about the fight that you put up. Um, even if you're going to take that loss. And it, it just seems that ever since that close Clemson loss, they just haven't been the same team. They haven't had the same energy, the same drive in them. So hopefully they can get that picked back up and, you know, try to get their season back on track here. I mean, it, it doesn't get easier from here. So this week they host Florida State, who 
absolutely put a beat down on Miami this past weekend. Uh, normally, rivalry games are supposed to be close, uh, but it's really nice seeing Mario Cristobal ruin a different uh, program. Uh, and then the week after that, they travel to Wake Forest, and then they get Boston College at home to finish the season. I can honestly see them going seven and five, uh, and that that is a far fall from you know a team that we were talking about could be a dark horse for the the college football playoff just a few weeks ago. Uh, Slade, your thoughts on the, the the big orange? Yeah, I think that it's definitely hard operating with their backup quarterback, um, and so I think that they really need to be able to focus on the run game. Any team when they're dealing with the backup, and so I think that them not being able to do that. I mean, I think he had eight rushes for nineteen yards or something like that was their highest leading rusher in that game. Um, I think that you're definitely going to see scores like this against teams much worse than Pitt. Um, it doesn't matter who they're playing. If you only have 20 yards as your leading rusher, it's definitely going to be a rough game. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, let's go ahead and take a look at the updated uh, college football playoff top 25 for this week. Uh, so Georgia, of course, jumps up to number one. Ohio State is number two. Michigan is in third. TCU jumps all the way up to fourth. Uh, Tennessee slides to fifth. Oregon is now at sixth. LSU, uh, we didn't even talk about the Alabama game. We can come back to that in a minute. Jumps up to seventh. USC is at eighth. Alabama falls to ninth. Clemson, tenth. Ole Miss is at eleventh. UCLA is twelfth. Utah is thirteenth. Penn State is fourteenth. UNC is fifteenth. NC State jumps up to sixteenth after beating Wake Forest at home. Uh, Tulane sits at seventeenth. Texas is eighteenth. Kansas State drops to nineteenth. Notre Dame, like we said earlier, is into the rankings now at 20th. Illinois, uh, after their third loss of the season, I believe they're up to now, uh, they got throttled on the road at Michigan State. Uh, I mean, a score that was kind of close, but they had no right being in that game, kind of like we said earlier with uh, Tennessee-Georgia score. UCF is 22nd. Florida State is into the rankings at 23rd. Kentucky, 24th. And Washington, 25th. Uh, Nick, let's get your thoughts first on, on the rankings. Yeah, so uh, just a couple things that jump out to me. Uh, first of all, TCU at four. Um, finally, uh, this is a team that we've been uh, pretty high on the past couple of weeks, really ever since the Kansas game, uh, you know, when we could finally see what this team is about. They continue to uh, prove us wrong. I forget exactly what the, their end-of-season schedule looks like, but if they run the table, um, you know, they're already sitting right there. I don't think that either one of the teams, Tennessee, Oregon, or LSU, could jump them if they went out. Uh, however, we have seen some shaky things from the college football playoff committee in the past. Um, I think Tennessee falling to five is okay. I think they very easily could have fell to six or seven, especially with the way um, LSU beat Alabama and the way that Oregon's looked lately. However, they did lose the best team in the country. So um, I'm willing to accept five there. I think Ole Miss has a great shot to jump up into playoff contention, especially if Tennessee is going to lose. Um, I think they have a very winnable game against Alabama coming up that could easily catapult them up. And uh, finally, Illinois, um, I, th this isn't something good to say. I can't believe that they're still in the rankings after three losses, especially to a Michigan State team that just has not looked good uh, pretty much since the first week uh, of the season. So um, those were just the major things that jumped out to me there. Uh, Slade, your thoughts? Yeah, so I really think that they need to get past people that have worked with these teams before being the people that vote upon the playoff teams. Um, it's just really difficult to see. It seems like this is how I see this playing out. I see Georgia winning out. I see Ohio State winning out. 
I see TCU winning out the rest of the season and Tennessee winning out the rest of their season, which then puts Michigan at what I'm going to say. They're going to put them at five. They're going to move TCU up to four. They're going to move to three. They're going to move Tennessee up to four. And Michigan goes to five, and you still have two SEC teams in the mix. Um, it, It just is a revolving door every single season. We're in the same situation. There's two Big Ten teams. There was two uh, SEC teams, and somehow they'll play each other. One team will lose, and the SEC team is going to be the team that gets bumped into the Final Four here at the end of the season. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that has to happen. TCU would have to uh, win out. Tennessee would have to win out, but that's just how I see this happening. I don't even think Ole Miss could win out and make it into the playoffs. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, and, and here's my thing, too, is, is everybody always hypes up the SEC, and, and I say this every year, and everybody's like, well, they win all their bowl games on this. I'm like, yeah, do you know how many players sit out bowl games? Like, I, I think bowl games are really relevant. The SEC has three good schools, and that's it. Like, if there is such a drop-off from that third school to the fourth school, it, it's not even funny. And this year, I, I really feel like the Big Ten is kind of the same way, right? except I think it's Ohio State and Michigan are on a different plane. We've already seen Penn State. I, I really want to say Penn State is, is a drop-off um, yeah. you know, in, in kind of the same sense. But, I mean, from Penn State down, I feel like it's kind of a tighter race. Um, but I, to be fair, though, I mean, we like we just said, we looked at the ACC, and Clemson was the big dog and all this other stuff. And, and now all of a sudden, we, we see how bad Clemson really is. And, okay, well, all their wins – leading up to this weren't that good. And we've seen Wake Forest kind of fall off and so on and so forth. Um, I don't I, I feel like from eighth down, uh, you know, USC, just because, again, I think USC is struggling more than they should be. Uh, but until they lose more, I, I can't say too much, um, especially. What, one thing I do want to say, though, that the one way the, the situation that I had talked about that this could work out for you, George, and that you should really be pulling for Texas this weekend is that we already know either Michigan or Ohio State, they have to play each other in three weeks or whatever, the two days after Thanksgiving. They're going to play each other, and one of them are going to lose. So if TCU loses to Texas, they're done. They're not making it into the playoffs. Yeah. And if Tennessee loses to, say, Ole Miss, I mean, there you go. Oregon's big matchup they need is against USC. And like you said, it's coming up and uh, it's also Thanksgiving weekend. Is that what you said? No, that, that'll be the weekend. It'll be conference championship. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, I, we, mean, we play them, so what, what, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very feasible. I mean, it's crazy to think, but they could get that matchup. They could slide in there at four and get a rematch of the first game of the season. Yeah. Cause that's what I want. Yeah. Um, but no, I, here's my thing with the TCU and, Honestly, as an Oregon fan, yeah, I would love to be into the playoffs and so on. Uh, but I, TCU has has had such a turnaround this year that they absolutely deserve it if they can finish the season out. My concern with TCU now is it's the same thing with Kansas. Okay, they're they're finally getting the praise that they deserve as a team. They're going to go get smoked this weekend. Like I, I just that I have that feeling. Like everybody's like, hey, you know, TCU is playing really well. Let's give them the credit. They have had a really tough schedule. You know, rank them. We're, we're going to put them in the top four. And now they're going to go play on the road at Texas in prime time. And it just almost never ends. And it, it's not just like TCU. It's it, like we said, it's Kansas. It's every team that we've seen in the past fight you know, for the respect that they deserve in the season. They're blowing out teams they should blow out. They're, they're winning hard, tough games, you know, on the road or at home, whatever it may be. 
And then the committee is like, no, no. And finally, like, okay, we'll go ahead. We'll put you in. The, we'll say inside the <coughs> head. Tennessee. <laughs> and then the next week, they just go out and they get smoked. Um, it's, it's, I see it being just the spreads alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we all talked, but I think we all took it. Tennessee plus eight and a half against Alabama a couple weeks ago. And, or, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. And, or was that against Georgia? That was Georgia, yeah. Georgia. Georgia. So it, everyone, everyone took the plus eight and a half or the plus eight. And they're like, something's going on here. They shouldn't have set the spread that far, like whatever. Like we, I think we had even talked about it and said it was sort of disrespectful with the season that Tennessee was having. And they go out and do that. I mean, I, I'm all for Texas because I want you to have to get that tattoo, but I think it's pretty disrespectful to what TCU has done this season to them to be at seven point underdogs on Monday of this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the spread, and it's probably going to bite me in the ass again, but it is what it is. Um, as far as my other thoughts on the rankings, uh, I think Alabama should have fallen farther. I don't think LSU should be number seven. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. I, if anything, I think USC should be above LSU just for the fact that, hey, we only have one loss, and it was a tough road loss against a, a ranked conference opponent. Um, I, again, I think that's just a little bit more of the SEC bias that we always see. Um, Clemson should have fallen farther, and I, I still don't think Ole Miss is a real team this season. I don't think they should be 11th. Um, but, Slate, Slate, we're going to talk about this year, uh, and so we're going to pull this up. I asked you guys to rank uh, your what your playoff committee selections would be after week 10, uh, and so let's go ahead and take a look at it. I was going to wait till Saturday, but you're talking about it, and I just can't wait any longer. So Nick, we're, we're gonna look at your, your picks first. Uh, let's. I'll have you go through. Yeah. So um, when we think about the college football playoff rankings, like the way I see it is kind of like you take their record, um, you know, you take scores of each game, and then you kind of add a little uh, opinion to it. Um, so as I see here, obviously Tennessee lost to Georgia. Um, I still think you know when we think about the playoff teams, usually for the most part, it's those four playoff teams, and then it's everybody else. Um, there's usually a, a pretty kind of like the gap you were talking about at the top of the Big Ten and the top of the uh, SEC. Um, and I, I do feel like Tennessee is still within, you know, that top. I think if they play 10 games, five in Georgia, five in Tennessee, it probably comes out pretty damn even. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I left T- or Tennessee at the fifth spot. I think that Oregon has really picked it up. Um, I, I think that, in my opinion, they're the sixth best looking team, um, you know, in college football right now. And the top four, like especially the top three, kind of like I said last week, uh, you can interchange them however you want. I do think that Georgia is the best team in college football right now, um, and I think Ohio State's right behind them. Um, another thing, you know, people tend to forget about when they're looking at teams is matchups. Uh, like for example, Michigan's running game versus Ohio State's passing game. Um, sometimes the matchups aren't always there, and you can get you know some some weird victories in there. The sucky thing for those two teams is they play the last weekend, so unless that game is a one, two, maybe three point game. One of them's dropping out of the playoffs. Um, and then TCU, like I said, they uh, at this point, they deserve to be in here. Um, they're undefeated. They've had a really hard schedule. And, you know, we'll see if they belong after this week. We'll see if they can do what Tennessee couldn't do, um, you know, now that they're they're in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll do my rankings next just because there's going to be a, a little bit of discussion with Slade. Uh, mine is pretty much the same. I honestly thought about switching Michigan and Ohio State, and I think I should have. Just because Michigan, has, has, to me, has looked pretty dominant, pretty consistent all season. 
they struggled a little a little bit against Maryland, but I, I think that was a Maryland team that came in. Honestly, I I, I don't know what's going on with that team now. Uh, I I've preached it all season. I think Ohio State is in trouble when they go there, and I think it's two weeks now. Uh, so that is the game I've circled on my calendar all year. Honestly, we should just go to that game next weekend. Um, but uh, Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. No, no, it's next weekend. Uh, but it's Ohio State has. Weekend. Next weekend, Slade. Next weekend is not Thanksgiving weekend. Because they play Michigan know. Thanksgiving weekend. It's sometime in November. So anyway. Uh, oh, I thought you were State talking has... about Michigan, Ohio State. No, I said Ohio State, Maryland. Yeah. Um, is it in Maryland? You said yeah, it's in Maryland? Yeah, it's in Maryland. That's why I think it's a trap game for Ohio State. It's, it's one I'll of the some Penn State games. Um, let's do it. Uh, but I think Ohio State is starting to show a little bit more cracks. Uh, throughout their offense. Their offensive line has really struggled, and I feel like it's gotten more and more exposed the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, there there are some issues there that they absolutely need to clear up. Otherwise, if I mean, if, if they are able to win out and, and make it to the playoffs, they could definitely be in some trouble uh, if they don't get some of these issues fixed. Um, but let's go ahead and just look at the slates. Uh, I, your top four, perfectly fine. USC, I, I honestly, that's fine. I, I feel like... Can't hate it. Um, yeah. I mean, they're a one-loss team. If they win out their conference champions, they, they should absolutely be in. Um, like I said earlier, their one loss is a uh, – to me, it's a quality loss. that was on the road, a, a tough environment at Utah. Uh, they played Utah closer than Oregon did last year, so can't say anything. What the hell is Ole Miss doing at six? I like Lane Kiffin. Of course you <laughs> – Oh, my God. No, okay, so my reasoning here is that um, they have one loss this season. It's to LSU. Uh-huh. Um, LSU is the only team above them on their side of the SEC bracket. If you look at it in a bracket format or it's standings, whatever you want to look at, um, they have a tied record. Or actually, they're eight and one. LSU seven and two, I believe. Um, so but LSU has that head to head, so LSU gets the nod over them for the SEC championship if they would both win out. Um, here's what I think. I think that LSU is only favored by three points against Arkansas this weekend. Um, I think that they're also going to end the season against Texas A&M. Texas A&M plays like shit against everyone except for ranked teams. They played with within two or three points of Arkansas when Arkansas was 10th in the nation. They beat they Arkansas. Play, but I'm just saying, close oh, yeah, game. Okay, they yeah, play, yeah. They play right. to the, the high-level teams. They play to the level of those teams. And they're able to squeak out in the last couple seconds because they have none to lose. They're like three and five. Um so I think that, and it's just, I mean, they're, or I guess Texas A&M also beat Alabama. I mean, we saw Alabama's not the team that they have been in recent years, but at the time, everyone thought they were. I mean, even, I, George might have been the only one that doubted them, for, and Bryce Young at one point, you know? Um, I, I think that, what's that? I said I still hate Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. But I mean, I, I just think that, they really have a chance. Ole Miss has a chance here to uh, win out, and it starts this weekend. This weekend, if they win this game, um, they could really have a good chance at being in that SEC championship game against Georgia. And I think that if they're able to beat Georgia in that game, which I don't think is a possibility, I don't think that that's going to happen. I just think Lane Kiffin, of all the coaches that face Georgia this year, he will be the one that's willing to take the risks. 
in and that game. I'm not, I'm not saying that this top six right here isn't possible in a few weeks. I was just wondering why the hell you put them at six right now. That, that's what I, I was, was kind of I was kind of blending now and the next two yeah. three weeks together. That's 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 what my concern was. I was like, what what have you seen? Because they it wasn't even close against LSU. LSU throttled them. That's what I was like, how did you watch that? Yeah. So so I I see. I I see. You guys had put Oregon, um, USC or Oregon. I think one of them gets into the college football championships this year. I think that whoever wins that game, barring neither of them lose to a Joe Schmo in the, in the other weeks, when they when they have that game and they play, if they both won the rest of their games and they get to that point, um, I think that Michigan, if if Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses there, I think that they're going to get pushed out. I think that it's just how it's gone for the recent years. They're not able to get two Big Ten teams in. They just don't have the strength. To this is the reason each year the Big Ten does not play the strength of schedule that the SEC does, so it's a better chance for the SEC to get two teams in. Um, Ole Miss, their only chance is to win out, obviously, LSU to win, lose one of those games and for them to beat Georgia. It's a lot of ifs, obviously. Um, but I like that blue that they wear, so I had to put them in there. And I couldn't put USC and Oregon because then one of them is not going to be in that top six at the end of the year. One of them's going to lose. And I figured betting against them, I bet against Notre Dame all these games and they've won. So I figured I would maybe, maybe possibly get some sort of good juju in there for you, George. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so that wraps up our college football segment. Uh, I think something that's going to be equally as fun is we're going to talk our top five this week. And it is the worst uniforms. I think Slade's going to be all, all college football because he misunderstood the assignment. Uh, but this is just top five worst uniforms in general. And any sport, uh, I went with current jerseys. I mean, you guys could do your throwback jerseys. I don't care. Uh, so, Nick, let's go ahead and get your top five first. Yeah, so uh, my first two, I couldn't decide on specific ones. I just thought the whole teams were shit. Um, so, square jar. Um, right, I said it earlier. I was waiting for him to catch it. Yeah. Uh, so, at number five, I did any of Seattle's uniforms. Um, I think they have a really good color scheme to work with. And whoever designs their uniforms is just like, no, no, no. I'm going to do everything I can to make these as ugly as possible. Um, number four, I have any of Tampa Bay's uniforms, the Buccaneers. Um, I, it's, I don't think they have good colors to work with. I think their colors are absolutely crap. Um, and obviously, when you have nothing to do with it and you try to do something, um, you're just going to make it worse. Number three, I have, and I know George is on board with this, the Bear, the Chicago Bears, all orange unis. Um, I like, I, I can't lie, I like the helmet. I think the helmet is clean and orange. I think the rest of it looks like crap. That's where um, I disagree. I think the jersey, so I have the orange jersey. The jersey is fine. I could do without the all orange pants, but the helmet is dog shit to me. Like, I, I hate those helmets more than anything in this world. They need I think something. The, it yeah, like I think the C on it ruins it, but. If uh, they but, had like a blue, like mid, mid streak, I think that helmet's fine. It's just, yeah, it's too cool. much orange. Like you need yeah. something to break up the orange. It, it, they just don't have it, and I hate it. It's the sleekness. Like uh, again, I think the the logo clashes on the helmet, but yeah. uh, the sleekness of the orange itself is what I enjoy out of the helmet. Um, number two, I have all NBA sleeved jerseys. Uh, they wear them, I think, on Christmas. Um, I, as a basketball player, like I could not wear sleeves playing basketball, and these dudes do it at least once a year, maybe more than that. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to the NBA anymore. Um, but I, I just couldn't imagine being forced to wear that. I think they're ugly. I, I don't know. It is what it is. And number one, the only real specific one I had other than the Bears 
is the Pittsburgh Steelers B jerseys. You know which ones I'm talking about. They're ugly as hell. I like why you would continue to put those onto a field is absolutely beyond me. Um, I every time I see them, I I, I don't know what I want to do, but it's not family friendly and not nice at all. So, all right, Slave, what's your top five? I'm going to just start off. Nick already mentioned it. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Steelers B jerseys at all. I think that they should just stick to the black and gold. If they want to go with something else, I like their color rush unis. Um, I think they're cool. But aside from that, I don't think they should go back to the older stuff. Sticking with older jerseys, I hate PSU's generation of greatness jerseys. I think that they needed to go different than blue and white. They fucking wear it every weekend. And they're like, oh, we're going to unveil this new this new <laughs> jersey. Yeah, I'm going. Into it's like jersey. one shade of blue yeah. different and like and one less tiny black stripe on it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they just put the numbers on the helmets. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I think I had talked to you guys beforehand, but the Nets unveiled their new jerseys. Uh, and it's all white with a red stripe down it. Um, I just don't appreciate it because they always try and color match like their their basketball arm sleeve or their tights with it. and just bright red does not i don't like the look um the other one what did i have uh i think that osu should not wear red at all i think they should stick to their blackout unis i think they're very cool. <laughs> their blackout unis are um, i'm not an osu fan at all but i think if in terms of their jerseys those should be the jerseys they wear when they're home um and last i think that the green bay packers and their like throwback jerseys oh, are yeah, trash their throwback was an honorable mention it online. looks it, it looks like they sewed what looks like a blue jersey to like brown uh, Carhartt pants to the top. Uh, back to the, the Ohio State one real quick. I would like to see, I think, a little bit more silver on their normal home jerseys would probably look like help them look a little bit better in my eyes. Um, so, yeah, for my top five, I would only current jerseys, no throwback jerseys, because there, there's one throwback jersey I like, and it's a Broncos. Other than that, all the throwback jerseys in the NFL suck. Um, number five was the Bears all orange. Again, for me, it's just a helmet. They, they need a little touch of something on that helmet. Um, number four, I went with the Washington Wizards. Uh, they suck. Their uniforms suck. They have never had good uniforms. Uh, those are absolutely trash. Any iteration of that uniform uh, is crap uh number three i went with the university of maryland and they're, they're a lot like oregon they have 50 different combos uh but the ones that are just all maryland flags uh yeah I, I understand maryland people have a special attachment to their flag which is a little weird but it just does not look well on a football jersey at all uh the, the helmet with the all flag when they do the all flag shoulder i i, I hate it like i don't they mind did like, one having... i want to say Three years ago, somewhere in that time frame, that was like that. So there, I, I've seen two different ones, but they did the half and half helmet. And then I don't remember exactly what the layout was like of the jerseys and pants, but I actually liked it. But I'm I'm all here for you saying this because Maryland was another honorable mention. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of their jerseys I really like. But again, the ones that just have flags all over, them, I yeah. can't stand it. Um, and number two, I put the Seahawks all green uniforms. Uh, I. Again, they do have a good color scheme. I would I would mind them taking out the, the neon green on their uniforms. I think that would look fine. But again, the regular uniforms I don't I don't really have a problem with. But the freaking highlighter green jerseys they always wear when they play their night games are god awful. Yeah. Uh they, they look like glow sticks running around the field. Um 
And number one, uh, I couldn't think of anything else, so I pushed the Washington Huskies because uh, we're going dubs down this week. It's Husky Hate Week. Uh, we hate those purple, stupid fucking jerseys. Weeders. Uh, <laughs> they're ugly as shit. That W is stupid as hell. Uh, I, I hate everything about their uniforms. Uh, and so it's, it's dubs down week. Uh, and, I'm just uh, keeping track of his curse words here. All right. He got through it with two. I was surprised. I was, I was, I was, I was happy to, to keep it going that way. Uh, I, I think at this point, we just, like, whenever, whenever we get to that bowl game, because we're already above 50, I think we just put 100 on it. Like, the three of us just put $100 and just wrote on it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but uh, I think I'm done ranting for the night. I, I, I don't know if you guys are or not. Um, I'm pretty good. I was really expecting more of a slave with the Chase Elliott thing. I mean, Washington will lead to uh, Minnesota, which was like the only thing that ruined my weekend. But when it's Washington, it you kind of expect it. Yeah. On the inside and Briscoe on the outside of row one and Byron Harvick, Elliot Logano. Again, that third row made up the two championship four contenders. This is where I lost all my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just. This turns right across his nose. Like, that's all his fault. Oh, so, yeah. the caution comes back out. I mean, oh, at some point, at oh, some point, you got to stop turning left. I mean, it kept going, probably. Oh, you can see a You want to re rewatch the whole race? It's, it's like this. It's too much like this. But that will do it for us. He said, did I do something wrong there? <laughs> yeah, you, you kept turning left. Um, yeah. And now, uh, that'll do it for this week's show. We had a lot of fun bringing it to you guys. Don't forget to join us Saturday morning. Before we move on, I actually wanted to do this. Uh, shout out again to Jesse for joining us. Uh, we had a lot of fun with him on. We'd love to have him back sometime soon. Uh, also, our highest viewed episode ever uh, by one view, but still, it, it was it was incredible the amount of people he brought alone uh, and all the extra eyes that he got on it. So we can't thank him enough for that and all of his friends, uh, and hopefully they become longtime subscribers. Uh, don't forget to join us this Saturday upcoming uh, as we bring you uh, – out of the tunnel for week 11 and get you ready for the tax slate. The week game of the week will be Tulane at UCF. Uh, I put my foot down on this one. Uh, I was not letting another week go by without getting my matchup. So uh, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, they can get over it. But we'll, we'll talk TCU, Texas, uh, and a bunch of other stuff on Saturday as well. So don't forget to join us for that. Have a great week, uh, and we'll see you guys on Saturday. Thirty. 8.30. 8.30, yes, thank you. Thank you, Slade.